0: Sitting in front of a really cool microphone with some really cool producers, like, it's not usually my life, it's other people's lives.
1: I think it is sort of funny, the author of a book about reading, to then have to read the whole thing (laughs) aloud. I stepped into the recording booth to record the audiobook
2: mere hours after the Roe v. Wade decision came through the Supreme Court, overruling Roe v. Wade. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet Executive Director for the Aspen Institute's Religion and Society Program, Simran Jeet Singh, Parent Educator and Literacy Advocate, Maya Payne Smart, and Psychotherapist and the Director of the Salome Institute of Jungian Studies, Satya Doyle Bayok. Press play to hear the authors describe the journeys they each took that led them to writing their audiobooks. Enjoy!
0: My name is Samaranjit Singh. I am the author of The Light We Give, How Sick Wisdom Can Transform Your Life. I'll start with the inspiration first, and it very much came from this experience that I've had in my life of learning to overcome the racism that I face as a Sikh who has a turban and brown skin in this country. Part of my journey has been to really figure out how do you engage with this world without becoming really taken down by it. And that can feel so easy, and I've felt that. And throughout my life, I've learned how to navigate these challenges, both because I've had to and also because I've had access to this incredible font of sick wisdom. In a way, I really just inherited from my parents and grandparents. The real impetus to write the book came from looking around at our world today and seeing how upset people are and how difficult life is for so many of us, and recognizing that some of the wisdom that has really helped guide me through some turbulent times and find happiness in a world that is still very difficult, It was this desire to share some of what had guided me and steered me and given me so many gifts. And so it was just this feeling, I think especially in recognizing how fragmented we are, how divided we are, not just socially, which is true, and not just politically, which is also true, but internally, I feel like there is a lot of interior work that we can be doing that can give us a different kind of experience in life. And I've seen it, and I've studied it, and I know that it's possible. And I wanted to offer that up to the world in a moment where it feels so urgent and so necessary. If I had to describe what it was like to record the audiobook in one word, I'd probably say fun. It was such a great experience. I hadn't done anything like this before, so it was a lot of learning, excitement, you know, sitting in front of a really cool microphone with some really cool audio engineers and producers like it's not usually my life that's other people's lives and so i really get a kick out of pretending like i'm cooler than i am it's kind of my mo on a day-to-day basis so yeah it's a really fun experience and then the second word i would say is it was surprisingly tiring i expected it to be tiring mentally because anytime you're fully engaged In something, like when I teach, I do get tired mentally and emotionally, but I didn't expect my voice muscles to become so exhausted. I didn't expect to drink so much tea. I didn't expect to learn about how my stomach growls incessantly and how that (laughs) affects the recording. And so, yeah, it was really fun and also really tiring, and I learned a lot and really enjoyed the people I worked with. We did have conversations about pronouncing certain terms that have multiple pronunciations in our preferences. And it was fun to talk through the why on those, you know, like biases versus biases, processes, processes. Those were fun conversations. There were some references in the book to other languages that I have been reading about and writing about for years and never actually said them out loud. There's one Latin term that's shown up in a lot of my writing and I was very surprised when I had to say it out loud and realized I didn't know. So those were the fun ones. I also noticed a word that has always, I mean, for as long as I can remember, been dogging me in terms of mispronunciation and I got it right on the first time and I was very, very proud of myself and didn't make a big deal. But I definitely will go home and brag to my wife about that moment because she knows that I mispronounce that word all the time. (laughs) It's heinous which I mispronounced it as highness, so I'm glad I got it right in the book. I pulled out my Texas accent for the first time in like 10 years, and that was very uncomfortable for me, very embarrassing. I I feel like it's not as good as it used to be when I was growing up in Texas, but I don't know. Maybe it's half decent, but either way, I'm mortified that people will hear me doing a Texas accent. Hopefully it's half decent. There's something cool about the idea of having someone else narrate your book because that means they actually have to read it. And so I would choose a Spurs basketball player like Manu Ginobili or Tim Duncan, my favorites, to read it only because it would mean they know my story. But in terms of an actual narrative voice, I mean, Morgan Freeman and David Attenborough are probably too obvious. Denzel Washington would probably be like the one who would make me feel cool. So yeah, I'll go with Denzel as my final answer. I do listen to audiobooks, and I don't know if it's embarrassing to admit that I listen to self-help books, but I do. And the one that I listen to once a year, actually, is Atomic Habits. I actually find a lot of value in revisiting the ideas there and ensuring that they get into practice. So that's the one that I listen to most recently, and I've probably listened to it five or six times on audio. Now, There are two places where I listen. One is when I run. I used to be a music person. When I ran, and then I was a podcast person, but now I'm an audiobook person, so that's what I do when I'm running. And the other one is after the kids go to bed, and it's clean-up time, which I don't know how the house gets so (laughs) ridiculously messy every day, but it does give me a good hour every evening after they go to bed to, you know, do the dishes, you know, pick up all their toys and papers and whatever it is that we were up to that day. And now I'm so happy to share with you a clip from my audiobook. The sick outlook is that the entire world is fundamentally interconnected. Seva, therefore, is a way of caring for others, and it's also a way of caring for ourselves. With each selfless act, we become slightly less selfish. With each loving action, we become slightly more loving. On their own, single acts of Seva might seem random, but taken together, They bring light into our world and into each of us.
1: Hi, this is Maya Payne-Smart, author of Reading for Our Lives, a literacy action plan from birth to six. I began initially exploring the issue of reading instruction and reading development and raising a reader when I became a mother, when my daughter was young, I read a number of news articles that described disturbing gaps in reading achievement between Black children and white children. And as a Black mother, I was curious about why that was the case. And then as a journalist, I had the skill set to investigate. So I began just out of personal curiosity reading articles, asking questions, and then as my curiosity grew, I ended up enrolling in a graduate course on the fundamentals of reading instruction and just got more systematic in my own research into the issue because I was so appalled by this idea that so many kids were arriving in kindergarten and being treated as if they were already behind when there was no curriculum or instruction telling their parents what they needed to have in the first place. And so what I discovered through that initial research was just that the road to reading was more mysterious than it needed to be, not just for parents, but also for teachers. So there were a lot of teachers who were greeting those students who were so-called behind, and they also weren't equipped to provide the foundational skills that the kids needed to get to their next level in reading. So it all began with a question of why there were reading achievement disparities. And then once I had some insight into the why, I became obsessed with detailing the how to address that. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be fun. I really enjoyed the process of recording the audiobook. I think it is sort of funny as... The author of a book about reading to then have to read the whole thing aloud and pronounce all of the words that you wrote so casually and sort of skimmed over the pronunciation in your own mind as you wrote it. But to go through the process of hearing the words aloud was really fun. It allowed me to approach the book from a different perspective, and it was much easier and breezier than writing the book, which took years. Recording the book just takes hours. The word that gave me the most trouble in recording this audiobook was the word, I hesitate to attempt to say it now, was the word (laughs) "shtick"? I think I got it. But I had to attempt to pronounce that word several times to get it into the audiobook. I'm excited that listeners will be able to hear a real mom describe her journey to investigate some questions that were of personal relevance for her and her family and to go through the process of compiling and sharing what I learned. I think it's cool that listeners will hear a real mom attempting to describe these (laughs) concepts Pronounce these letter sounds. I hope that the recording will be accessible and give moms and dads and other caregivers the sense that they can do it too. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. I think what I loved most about that was the quirkiness of her accent and the passion for the content and transforming lives that she's able to communicate. I listen to audiobooks in the car. I am unable to sit and listen to an audiobook. I fall asleep. But if I'm in transit, I can listen to audiobooks for hours. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. A mom friend and I had been having a forgettable chat in a picturesque little cafe when I brought it up, a subject that made her visibly tense. She was a visionary, always spoiling for a challenge worthy of her considerable skills and talents. But on that day, I struck a nerve with an offhand remark about how little parents know about teaching their kids to read. That is, how we're told just to read to them every day and wait for the magic to set in. I used to get so angry when I would hear that advice, she said. I was working so hard when my kids were little. I didn't have an hour to read to them every night, and I felt so bad about it.
2: Hi, this is Satya Doyle Bayak, author of Quarter Life, The Search for Self in Early Adulthood. I wrote my book because when I was in Quarter Life, I had no idea what to read that would help me on my path. Everything I reached for that made sense was for midlifers, and I knew that I needed better and more information. And when I became a therapist, I realized I still didn't have a book that my clients really needed, so I decided to write it. The word I would use to describe the experience of recording my audiobook is delightful. It was delightful because my engineer, Brud and my director, Tony, were so lovely to work with. I realized I had trouble pronouncing the word myriad, which was surprising. I long thought that the word myriad was myriad for some reason, and now realize it is absolutely not. I learned a lot in this experience. I stepped into the recording booth to record the audiobook mere hours at most after the Roe v. Wade decision came through the Supreme Court overruling Roe v. Wade. And I think I'm most proud to have read the conclusion of my book in this context, because I'm overwhelmed by how many social issues quarterlifers have to face and am glad to be part of that conversation and hopefully part of that solution. If I wasn't going to record my own audiobook, I would cast or hope to cast Selena Gomez or Zadie Smith, who has an amazing reading voice. I don't listen to audiobooks that much. I really love the experience of reading a paper book in my hand. But the last audiobook I really loved listening to was Trevor Noah's book, Born a Crime. He reads his books so fluidly and is able to read various quotations in various dialects and languages, and it's incredible, very impressive. When I do listen to audiobooks, I love listening to them in the car on long drives. And now, here's a clip from my audiobook. My interest in this time of life began as I neared my college graduation. I couldn't help but notice that practically everyone in my class was uncertain about their future. Except for the calm and happy few who had jobs lined up or were headed to law school, the scene felt like Godzilla had suddenly arrived on our shores. Some people started to panic and were throwing themselves in one direction or another, seeking some plan, any plan to survive. Some seemed utterly resigned, as if they'd determined that their best days were in the past. Others were still partying a little too maniacally, as if they believed that keeping the college life going would make the enormous threat disappear.